All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Book of Proverbs, chapter 8. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 18 tonight. Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 18. Give everyone time to turn there. The title of the message tonight is Durable Riches. Everyone should be there by now as we're thinking about riches, durable riches. Wealth is something that we all try to accumulate during our lifetime. Everybody does in some form to some degree. If you have a job, then you probably have a 401k. I'm sure Canada has... Maybe something similar to that, some type of uh, provision for workers to save their money up. Uh, maybe uh, a pension plan. Used to, not too long ago, we had pension plans, you know. And now they've kind of gone away from that in business, and they just let the 401k, you know, uh, be their pension plan. Or perhaps you're not into uh, formal investments, but you're more like a man that uh, some of us saw in the news recently that was lost and uh, or come up missing, and they were trying to find him in this area. And one of the pictures they showed on the news was uh, of him uh, in his home. And in the background, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but in the background there was a big water, plastic water cooler like you would have, you know, at a, at a water fountain. And it was dry, turned upside down. And you could see where he'd been stuffing money, his dollar bills, spare change, and all. And he'd been saving his money in that plastic water cooler. But whatever form of savings you may have, the accumulation of earthly wealth is necessary for those surprise events that uh, we incur expenses that we weren't expecting when something breaks at our home, air conditioner uh, breaks at her home, which we all need in the hot summer, or when our health begins to decline, and suddenly we have uh, expenses that we weren't counting on. And earthly wealth provides food for us. It provides security for us. It, it, it provides comfort by supplying this world's goods. Recently, Brother Doug and Sister Sheila, they bought a very nice new car with all the bells and whistles on it. And it's a real blessing to be able to afford things that provide you service and comfort like that in life. It's nice to be able to retire one day, you know. Uh, everyone, the, the longer you work, you finally get to where you think, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to keep going to work like I've been working. I, I want to be able to retire and, and enjoy knowing that I have sufficient income coming in for the rest of my life. That's the way people feel, that need of security. And earthly wealth can provide that. Earthly wealth is a good thing, but it's also a temporary thing. Your car will wear out, and your money eventually is going to run out. Even if you're wealth, you say, well, I, I, I've done the calculations on the retirement calculator. You know, if you, uh, if you do these retirement calculators, how many of y'all ever done a retirement calculator? Well, we've got several, thinking of the future. 
if you have so much money that's earning so much interest and you're only taking so much out, you can actually build up enough wealth if you're only taking so much out, it will last indefinitely. Y'all ever seen that on a retirement calculator? It's kind of fun. So well, it lasts indefinitely, or it'll last, this will last me a hundred years. And you feel so secure. But even if your wealth lasted you another hundred years, you can rest assured that you won't last another hundred years. And what good will your earthly wealth be then in eternity? I want to give you a kingdom truth tonight if you're taking notes. Kingdom truth that we're going to learn from our text tonight. Anything gained from a temporary source will yield a temporary supply. Anything that you gain from a temporary source will yield a temporary supply. So if your wealth is gained from a temporary source, then that wealth is going to yield to you a temporary supply. The earth is fading away. So everything you gain from the earth, whether it be dollar bills or silver or gold or oil, whatever you gain from the earth, it's going to fade away with the earth. If you have earthly life, then you have temporary life. If you have earthly riches, then you have temporary riches. If you have earthly honor, then you will enjoy that honor temporarily. But we've learned the past couple of weeks that wisdom is an attribute of whom? Wisdom is an attribute of God. And we've learned that you cannot separate wisdom from God. They're inseparable. It's like in separating love from God. God is love. God also is wisdom. And so you can't separate wisdom from God. And God is eternal. So if you gain God's wisdom, then you will have the eternal blessings that wisdom provides. You see? Whatever you take from a temporary uh, uh, source will yield a temporary supply. But whatever you take from an eternal source will yield an eternal supply. Look here, if you would, in verse 18 tonight. Wisdom says, wisdom is speaking to us, remember. Wisdom is personified in chapter 8. And wisdom tells us, riches and honor are with me. Riches and and honor are with me. Now take your pens if you would. Underscore the word are. Are. What tense is that? That's present tense, isn't it? It's present progressive, isn't it? Wisdom doesn't say, riches and honor shall be with me. Riches and honor one day shall be with me. One day I will have riches and honor. It says riches and honor are with me. I remember what Jesus said because remember wisdom's eternal because wisdom's an attribute of the eternal God. 
God is the God that was, that is, and that will forever be. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal. No beginning, no ending. And because of that, wisdom can say, riches and honor are mine. One hundred years from now, if you read this text, riches and honor would still be with him, with wisdom. And so don't make the mistake of thinking that wisdom's wealth begins in heaven. He didn't say, riches and honor shall be mine, or shall be with me. No, riches and honor are with me. It reminds me of what Jesus said. Remember, Jesus was wisdom personified. He was God's love personified. God's grace, God's law personified. In Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells. And Jesus said, He that hears my words and believes on Him that sent me, what's the next word? Has or hath, if you're reading King James, has everlasting life. You know what Jesus was saying then? Life is with me. Right? Life is with me. Same present possession here. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have, not one day will have. Not hopefully one day when you die and you go to heaven, you'll stand before God, you'll gain eternal life. No, you have eternal life. Now, if you have wisdom, the wisdom of God, then you have eternal wisdom now. Riches and honor now, if you have the wisdom of God. So don't make the mistake of thinking wisdom as wealth begins in heaven. Godly wisdom doesn't delay godly wealth. Riches and honor are with me. If you walk in the wisdom of God, then you will walk in the riches and honor of God here on earth, and those riches and honor will follow you exponentially into your eternal home. Wealth isn't eternal because it begins in heaven. It's eternal because it doesn't end on earth. I'll repeat that again. God's wealth... His riches, His honor, His wisdom isn't eternal because it begins in heaven. It's eternal because it doesn't end on earth. Death takes away almost everything you would ever have here on earth. But it can't take away anything that you gain from the eternal supply of the grace of God. Wisdom supplies our earthly needs. In Philippians chapter 4, Verse 18 and 19, Philippians chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. The Apostle Paul said, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Riches and honor are with me. And here we see that God's riches are by Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is wisdom to us. The Bible says that God has made Christ's wisdom to us. Wisdom supplies our earthly needs. Wisdom supplies our heavenly joy. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8 
The Apostle Peter said, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Speaking of Christ. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And I had a different uh, translation in my notes, apparently, when I copied that in here, because that is not how I memorized it. I memorized it like this, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And uh, when I, in my study, I uh, copied the, the wrong translation down. Forgive me for that. But it's all the truth. It's all saying the same thing. Joy inexpressible and filled with glory. Why? That's the riches of wisdom now that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. Wisdom gives you true wealth that never leaves you nor forsake you. Remember what Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And since wisdom comes from our knowledge of Christ, the wisdom that we have, true wisdom begins at the cross of Jesus Christ. Any wisdom that you think you have that does not originate in the cross of Jesus Christ is a failing wisdom. You cannot have it eternally because without the cross of Christ, you won't live eternally. So true wisdom, eternal wisdom is gained. It begins at the cross of Jesus Christ for us. And it gives you that true wealth, like Jesus, that will never leave you nor forsake you. If you walk in the wisdom of God's Word, then you're going to enjoy the true riches of God's wealth. The problem is many people don't know what wealth is. They don't understand what real wealth is. People try to get money so they can be happy. Well, if I have money, I'll have joy. That's what they think. I'll get the things I want and I'll have joy. But wisdom gives joy without money. You can get money and have misery. You can't give wisdom and not get joy. Because you can't get wisdom without Jesus. And you can't have Jesus without joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the beauty of God's wisdom. You're getting it from an eternal source. It gives you an eternal supply. God's wisdom will provide our earthly needs, but it provides for us a better and enduring substance than money alone. I like the combination that Solomon's giving here, that wisdom's saying it gives, riches and honor. That's quite a combination, isn't it? Do you know how the world would, would translate that? Instead of riches and honor, it would say wealth and fame. That's what it's saying, wealth and fame. I want to be wealthy and famous. At the heart of every person, the heart of that deep down inside, they're wanting riches and honor as Solomon's putting it here. But since they don't know what true riches are, and they can't perceive what honor is, they go back to their flesh, and it's wealth and fame. That's the two things that most people seek in life. If I gain the, the, the world's goods, the wealth of this world, then people will respect me. Wealth and fame. And if, if, if people see me in a nice house, if they see me driving a nice car, if they see me wearing uh, nice designer clothes with the right brand label on them, or going to nice places and, and doing nice things, and I'll have fame. I'll have honor. That's the driving force behind all the social media posts you see. Whether it's on Facebook or TikTok or 
whatever else they're doing out there, <laughs> Twitter, all the influencers and everything, it's what they're trying to do. Look here. I'm at this place now. Look at us. We're over here on vacation. We're doing this. We're, on, we're in France. We're in Europe. We're over here. We're doing this. Look at the car I got. Look at this. Look at the people I'm around. See here, I'm with this person here. That's the driving force behind all of that. I want wealth and fame. Look at me. Look at what I have. Look at what I'm doing. Look where I live. Look where I work, etc. But remember, our kingdom truth when we began this lesson. Anything gained from a temporary source will yield a temporary supply. If your honor or your fame or respect, if it comes from the things of this world, it's going to fade away with the things of this world. The opposite is also true. Anything gained from an eternal source will yield an eternal supply. So if your riches and honor come from God, then they're going to last as long as God does, which is forever. Solomon says, look back in your text, yea, durable riches, underscore the word durable. In the Hebrew, it has the idea of something separated and put far away from you. Not where you are now, but far away, which gives the idea of durable. In other words, it's going to last a long time, way out there in the future. Durable riches, meaning lasting, eternal riches that never fade away. That's why we're told as believers that when we, when we labor for God and the grace and wisdom of God, we get eternal crowns that don't fade away, rather than corruptible crowns like this, this earth gives. What is a crown? That's the honor, okay? A king gets a crown, a queen gets a crown, that's their honor. Back then, if they were to win something in, in, the, in the sports events or something, and they had a crown put on their head, that was the honor they gained. But since they gained that crown, it was made of maybe uh, fig leaves or some other type of floral arrangement or, so, or of gold or silver. It came from a temporary source, so that crown yielded a temporary supply. There's been many crowns that, uh, uh, you know, have uh, outlasted the people who wore them. Temporary honor. Wisdom is telling us tonight to seek the durable riches that only it can give, riches that are not accumulated by a paycheck, but by our faith and obedience to God. When the Son of God was born, the wisdom we're reading about tonight in the book of Proverbs took on human flesh. Wisdom was personified, or as the book of John put it, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, the wisdom was made flesh and dwelt among us too. Can't separate wisdom from the Word. Where are we getting the wisdom from we're reading about tonight in the Word of God? So the wisdom was made flesh and dwelt among us as well. And, and He walked among us. Listen to what wisdom told us. Listen to what wisdom told us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Wisdom, the Lord Jesus Christ, said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do you know what he was saying? Be careful about seeking wealth from a temporary source. Because it will give you a temporary supply. And it's the same principle Jesus is teaching here. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth 
and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. Jesus, the wisdom of God, was teaching us in Matthew the same thing he, by the Holy Spirit of God through Solomon, was teaching us in Proverbs tonight. Same thing. He was teaching us about enduring riches. But what's important for us to see is that Jesus told us to store up. We still have that on there? Store up uh, for ourselves these earthly treasures? Nope, we got, the, we got the wrong verse up there, don't we? This is 6, Matthew 6, not 16. Matthew 6, you can turn there in your Bible. Yeah, he, he, uh, we, we have a, a typo on there, it's 6 instead of 16. You can turn there in your Bible and look. Matthew chapter 6, look in verse uh, 19 through 20. That'll be easy to find. Matthew's real easy to find. First book in the New Testament. And if you look in verse 20, he says, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So D Jesus is teaching us not just about enduring riches, but he's, he's teaching us something very important, and that is store up for ourselves. Store up for ourselves these heavenly treasures. Store up for yourself. Now think about those words just a moment. If Jesus says to a group of people, store up for yourselves, who needs to be the, doing the storing? The individual. And who are they storing up for? Themselves. He didn't say store up for others. He said store up for yourself. I cannot earn heavenly treasure for you. You have to store that up for yourself. Now, you can invest in my ministry. I could invest in your ministry. But you're still uh, uh, storing that up because your investment, because I understand the principle, if I invest in someone and, and they go out and do a, a, a work, maybe evangelizing in a foreign nation or something, when, when they uh, win someone to Christ, understand that God credits them to our account. But it's not because they're doing the work, it's because of our investment in that work, and we were storing up by that investment. But generally speaking, I cannot store up heavenly wealth for you. You have to store it up for yourself. People have a, 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 a big misconception about heaven. They think that they don't need riches in heaven. Jesus is telling us just the opposite. He says, you need to store up this heavenly wealth for yourself. Now, if we had no need of heavenly riches, why would Jesus tell us to be storing them up? Now, you think about that. If we had no need of heavenly riches, why would Jesus tell us to be storing them up? Now, I can just hear someone saying, Brother Richard, I, I won't have any need for riches in heaven. Why, God's prepared for me a mansion, and I'll be walking on streets of gold. I've heard people say that. Things like that all my life. But the truth is, people have the wrong idea about heaven. 
People have the idea that everybody in heaven is going to be super wealthy because everything's made of gold and rubies. I mean, you have pearly gates. Even the gates are made out of pearls. And they don't realize there's going to be different degrees of honor, different degrees of, of heavenly wealth in heaven. You think about the judgment seat of Christ where Jesus teaches about, uh, about the judgment, where the apostles teach about the judgment. We all are going to have to stand before God and give an account of the things we did in our body, whether it's good or bad. And remember, some of the works that we did are going to be precious metals, gold, right? Precious stones, things like that. They're going to last. They're going to, they're going to endure the test of God. Other things are going to be wood, hay, and stubble, remember? And they're not going to endure the test of God. And the Bible says that the person who has works that doesn't endure the test of God, even though they, though they believed on the Son of God, the Bible says, yet they shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And what it's saying is this. If I'm in my house, in all of my wealth is in the house I live in, and my house catches on fire. Naturally, I'm going to run out of that house. And as I run out of that house, and the house burns behind me, and all I've got is the clothes on my back. Now, there's going to be people who are going to make it to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross for them. But they've been storing up earthly wealth and haven't been storing up for themselves treasures in heaven as Jesus told us we should. And so when their time, their effort, their works were test, are going to be tested, the things of earth are going to pass away. And so they're going to be saved yet so as by fire or as one coming out of the fire. Leaving everything behind. We've seen so many people whose house caught on fire, and they said, everything I own was in that house. And Jesus is saying, don't be like that. You know what? I want the majority of the things that I own to be in God's house. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. I'm going to my Father's house. Where Jesus is, I'm going to be also. And I want to be laying up, storing up treasures for myself in heaven, as Jesus said. Where thieves can't steal, where rust can't destroy. When Jesus told us to store up heavenly treasures for ourselves, He didn't say, go get someone to store them up for you. He said, you do it for yourself. He's telling us that we are individually responsible for the treasures that we may or may not enjoy in heaven. I'll tell you one thing about heaven. There's no socialist in heaven. There's not. There's the grace of God in heaven. Thank God for the gift of the cross. But there won't be any socialism in heaven. And so, well, Brother, Brother Shepherd, you, you labored many years in the gospel. And Sister Ann, and, uh, you, you did this. And, and uh, oh, Elizabeth, you, you labored many years bring, bringing those children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Great is your reward! But so that everybody will be equal, let's take that reward and spread the wealth around. That's not going to happen in heaven. It may happen in the Obama world. It won't happen in Jesus' world. 
It's not going to happen. Jesus said, you lay them up for yourself. There's an individual responsibility. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. We have a personal responsibility to build heavenly wealth by earthly obedience. You have a personal responsibility to build heavenly wealth by earthly obedience. Wisdom provides enduring riches. Wisdom provides enduring honor. Look back in your text. And righteousness. As we begin to close this verse. And righteousness. Do you know why wisdom provides us enduring righteousness? I'll tell you. Remember where I said wisdom has to start? Wisdom starts at the cross of Jesus Christ. Because anybody that can come to the knowledge of their Creator and reject the knowledge of His Son is a fool. Any person living on earth can look up at the sky and say, Oh, no, this, this all came about by some explosion that happened billions of years ago. We're just all the product of chance and some big explosion that took place. There is no Creator. There is no God. We came here on our own. They're a fool. And if they do look up at the sky and they say, No, there must be a God. And then they seek that God to know that God. That God will ultimately lead that person to His Son, Jesus. And they'll come to know Him through the Gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ. Wisdom, many years ago for me, told me I was a created person. That let me know I'm responsible to my Creator. And I knew in my conscience... I had not lived in such a way that my Creator would be able to accept me. I just knew that in my conscience. And so I sought to know my Creator. As I studied the, the different religions and everything, ultimately I was able to put everything aside but that one religion, the one religion on earth that did not put the burden on me but showed me the burden had been put on Christ, my Savior. I knew that was the only way I could be acceptable to God. And so I accepted Him, and now God accepts me in Him. The cross. What brought me to the cross? The wisdom of God. Christ has been made unto us wisdom, the Bible says. So coming to the cross of Christ, and I put my faith and trust in Jesus and what He did for me. What happens when we trust in Jesus on the cross? God dresses us in His righteousness. Just like Adam and Eve, when God dressed them with the animals that died in their place. They were clothed in the innocence of the substitute died for them and when we come to the cross and we put our trust in Christ we are clothed in the righteousness of the one who died for us and what kind of righteousness is that it's an enduring righteousness 
If I get my righteousness from the earth, doing good deeds to be seen of men, as, as, as the Bible talks about the religious people, they do things so they can have man's applause. I, Jesus said, well, that's their reward. That's all the reward they're going to get. They're going to have an earthly reward because they were trying to get earthly fame from doing so. They got, from a, they got the reward from a temporary source, so it became a temporary supply. So that righteousness fades away. Those good works perish with the earth they came from. But Jesus is God in the flesh. And if I get my righteousness from Christ, I got my righteousness from an eternal source, so it yields me an eternal supply. For the rest of eternity, He will be the Lord, my righteousness. He will be the Lord, your righteousness. You have durable righteousness. Righteousness that stands the scrutiny of God's law and that applauds everything that Jesus did so that the giver of the law can say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Durable righteousness. Durable riches. Durable honor. Wisdom takes us to the cross where we're dressed in the enduring righteousness of Jesus. Wisdom teaches us to that, that, that it is uh, 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 foolish. It is in vain to put our trust in our own merit and to stand before God dressed in our own righteousness. Wisdom says that'll never work because you are guilty. And that wisdom that tells us we're guilty takes us to the cross where we can yield ourselves to the work that Christ has done in our place and be dressed in His righteousness alone. Wisdom gives us a crown of righteousness that never fades away. That's how the Bible puts it. One day all the good works that have been done by man that weren't done for the glory of God that weren't done on account of faith in Jesus and for the glory of the Lamb who died for us. One day, all of those works are going to fade away as a leaf. They're going to be the wood, the hay, and the stubble. But all that are done by grace through faith in Jesus will endure forever. The imputed righteousness we gain from Christ, the practical righteousness of Christ living in us, the imputed righteousness of Christ dying for us, it will never fade away. Only wisdom can cause such a divine work to be wrought in the believer's heart. Only wisdom can crucify a sinner at the cross and let him rise again to walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. To let him be able to say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. That's what wisdom provides. That is riches. That is honor. That is righteousness. That's our God. 
And that we'll go ahead and close tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Wisdom speaking to us tonight. A distant voice of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us through the Old Testament scriptures. Telling us, telling us riches and honor and righteousness are with me. Lord, we thank you for that wonderful wisdom. And we thank you, Lord, that in the New Testament, you gave that wisdom a name, and his name is Jesus. Thank you for our eternal supply. In his name we pray. Amen.